Uh, howdy. Um, hello. And we're back. <laughs> I have to hold myself up to keep this on. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, we're here. COVID free. Mm. And back in person. <laughs> still, still six feet apart. But we're here. With mm-hmm. another rendition of... You haven't seen? Dot, dot, dot. Brokeback Mountain? What? <laughs> it's 17 years old at this point. Yeah. Howdy, everybody. We actually recorded a little segment before we watched this movie this time around, and I think we might continue to do that. But here's our initial thoughts on the movie before watching it. All right, so this is my pick of the week, and I really want to know what you're expecting out of this movie. This oh, is here my we second go. week in a row. And we're doing this because Valentine's Day is around the corner. God. So I expect some some romance, some uh, cowboy hats, and some, yeah, just a, it's a gay relationship movie is all I know <laughs> about it. <laughs> Um, like, what do you expect? Like, how how well are you expecting to like it before going into it? Like, I will say, I've only seen Heath Ledger in one movie, probably the same movie everyone's seen him in. For people who don't know what I'm saying, The Dark Knight. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to see Heath Ledger in something else, and Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm a huge fanboy of. And also, just five minutes ago, discovered that Anne Hathaway is also in this movie. Um, so I'm not gonna be surprised by that. Just discover. So when I was telling you about this movie the other week, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it also has Anne Hathaway and Michelle Williams." Really cool. <laughs> I told you that. I said these are the four <laughs> people that are in this movie. So, anyways, we're gonna watch this movie. I've already seen it, so I already have my expectations. I know what it's like. What's the like your scale of excitement watching it again? Have you only I, seen it once? I've only seen it once. Like I feel like most of the movies I'm gonna put on this list, I've only seen like once. Cause I feel like. That's cool to go back and watch them after you haven't seen them in a while. But my reaction to, like, watching this was, like, honestly, this was, like, one of the first movies I think I ever watched that was, like, a gay romance movie. So going into it, I was like, this is going to be sad, and I will leave it at that. (laughs) So now to our reactions after watching the film. Why did we watch Brokeback Mountain this week? I think Valentine's Day is coming up. Hmm. And I was like, if this is a film that you haven't seen, I feel like you should see it because there's a lot of references that people make about it so yeah yeah what you've seen only once before right you said i've seen this film once before (laughs) how was it this second time around wait i want to know your impressions my impressions first time around Mm -hmm. it was wow it was like there were so many layers to it it was like it was crazy, like, seeing Heath Ledger in a role other than the Joker. Didn't expect it to be so nature-esque. <laughs> it's very, like, at some points I was like, Dan's like the Discovery Channel. <laughs> like, it was so, like, out there in nature. It was really cool. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was, yeah, it was a, a lot more grand than I expected. What's, like, some memorable parts to you? Memorable parts of the film? Are we just going into spoilers? Should we just say that now? Yeah, for sure. We're going into spoilers now. <laughs> Wait, memorable parts. I think having... Because I haven't seen it in a couple years. And watching it now, there's like so much about nature in it. Um, 
and that's definitely something that you pointed out and I definitely noticed on the second watch also I don't know if this is a memorable part but it's memorable parts um (laughs) the way the like editing in some of this is and their choice of like cutting from shot to shot is interesting because oftentimes we'll have like a wide like for instance like um Ennis is sitting on the hill and it's like a wide and he's like just sitting there whatever because he found out that like they have to leave early so he's sitting there on the mountain it's like a wide and he's just like a white dot and then they cut in and it's like a medium wide and it's of the exact same shot it's almost like they just like I know it's a different shot like they didn't just like crop in in post but like it's the same and they did that several times throughout like I think at the very beginning of the film you see like him you see like the whole like um little worker area where they Jake Gyllenhaal drives up and then it cuts in an exact same angle and everything basically into Heath sitting on the steps like they do that many times throughout the film so I think that's like a very interesting sort of choice very deliberate but also interesting did it throw you off at all or were you no it just made me like I wonder like what is this what is this accomplishing it just had me thinking you know yeah, like the whole story of it was way more intense than I expected. It was like the whole like choice of like having Alma, which is Ennis's wife, right? Mm-hmm. No, like immediately find out about the affair. Like when um, Jack pulls up to the house, I was like, oh my, because going into it, I read the synopsis and I thought it was just going to be like they have their separate lives, but they're like secret life was just with them and like it was just gonna be focusing on that and like building that while keeping their two other lives like kind of in the dark but to have like Alma know about it right away like added a whole range of like a whole new like dynamic to the whole film when you talk about how gay marriage wasn't legalized till literally 2015 mm-hmm. <laughs> and this was said in 1963 yeah damn to me, what is, I don't know, because there's so many films with gay, there's not a lot, but the most of the films with, like, gay romance, like, they are something like this in the sense that, like, it's some sort of tragic ending or they can't be together, which can be the reality and probably was for that time. But that's, like, every single thing, and it's almost like there's not, like, a super positive version of that for people that are like you know don't want to be scared about being gay <laughs> like if that's all that's ever shown to you like yeah I don't know I can't really even think of a lot many other things with like gay romances as like the forefront yeah that's why like this film was good in the sense that it was made but it's also sad because it is like the most referenced like gay film out there besides like probably call you call me by your name is like getting up there but like both of them Mm. are like (laughs) you know what I mean like both of them are like very tragic in a way and like they can't be together for you know whatever reason like because of society or like one of them's like I can't because they feel the like societal (laughs) thing and they don't want to (laughs) die but like that's yeah I don't know. It's like you see a lot of those and it definitely would reinforce that like feeling in you like a, I don't know, it's a scary place out there. Yeah. 
It's a hateful world for sure. <laughs> that's why I mean, like, I feel like people laugh at like queer eye and stuff. But I, that's one of the reasons I do appreciate it is because you see gay people living. You know what I mean? Existing and having happy lives, and it's not the reality for everyone. But I think it's good to see that other side as well. So I don't know what my initial thoughts were, but it is interesting. I think it's interesting how all of their, like, love stories play out, like, the main one, uh, versus, like, the ones with their wives and his girlfriend later. Like, it's just, like, the way they present them is, like, very different because, uh, like, when Jake or whatever, what's his name, Jack, Jack and um, Ennis, like, first hook up in the tent... <laughs> In that scene, it's, like, very aggressive, and, like, there's even, I guess what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is, like, the way they present their gay relationship is almost not romantic, and it's almost, like, through the view of, like, the world, no, like, thinks that you are doing, what you're doing is wrong, and that's, like, how we're viewing these scenes, because even the ones that are with, like, um, Ennis and Alma, like, they obviously have love for each other, and but he is in love with this guy, or so we're told. And I'm not saying we're not, but the way they present, like, a lot of their love scenes is, like, very different. Like, the one with her and uh, Ennis is, like, almost feels, like, more romantic in the way they, like, present it. And every time we see... Ennis and Jack together it's like aggressive and like it, what we're doing is bad which makes sense but I think that the way they filmed it doesn't do you know what I'm saying like it's almost like they're the way they filmed it is trying to get us to view how people who don't think that you know this is right view it <laughs> I don't know you know what I'm saying like no I feel you yeah in terms of just like the acting like yeah it's it's pretty like powerful that like you could like feel like i could just feel like the pressure i think they're putting on themselves for like knowing that society thinks it's wrong i understand the acting point of it the acting makes total sense to me and uh especially in the beginning when they come to some of the later love scenes, and you kind of can see their progression where it's, like, not as, like, it's more, like, loving and not, like, what we're doing is, you know, wrong and we're kind of scared in a way. It's not that way. But it's the way that they filmed it. And even in, like, some of the later scenes when we're, like, when you can tell that they don't feel this way anymore and that they, like, aren't as scared and stuff. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the way they filmed it and present some of those scenes is, like, it feels like... We shouldn't be viewing it that way, but that's the way that it's presented to us. Because it's almost like you want to be, you don't want to feel like what they're doing is wrong, right? And I don't, but then, like, the way that they filmed it in the beginning, it's, like, so aggressive. It's so, like, um, I don't know. And then, like, that's the whole Brokeback Mountain part, like, when they're on the mountain, is that that's, like, most of it. And you only kind of don't feel that, like, when the guy spies on them. Mm-hmm. But from the very beginning, I think that they set up this, like, because the whole, like, truck scene, there's, like, no dialogue there. It's just, you know, uh, Jack drives up, and Ennis is just sitting on the stairs, and, like, Jack is, like, looking at him through, you know, they have, like, all these glances, like, back and forth. 
you already tell like there's something like here and so it's almost like weird it makes sense that that's how like they are acting it may almost make sense that that's like why that scene is like more aggressive for them it just doesn't make sense like in the way that they filmed it what do you can you describe more about like the filming aspects like the actual shots and everything or what do you yeah because like when like it's uh moving a lot the way like the music is and stuff is different from the music that they give like the het relationships and like i don't know it's like the way that they filmed it like i said before is like through the eyes of somebody that doesn't think that this is right it's almost like the way they filmed it is like how they know that everyone around them is going to see them whereas the other scenes with the like het romance scenes those ones are like portrayed more romantically you know and they have like tender moments and they don't really they kind of have like those like I don't even know how to describe it because every time that they meet or like they kiss or whatever like I think it's when um they've been apart for like four years and uh they kiss whatever and Ennis is like going to like leave away and he kind of like headbutts him and then like moves out and like kind of like headbutts him like again like on you know what I mean it's like It's way more complicated, that's for sure. It, like, does add a whole other layer of, like, complication to it. And it makes sense for the time period. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just jumping right in. How do you feel about Anne Hathaway's nude scene? I literally was so shocked. Why don't we, what about Heath Ledger's nude scene? There was, everybody was fucking nude, okay? We saw both of their dicks when they jumped off the thing. I don't care. I literally don't care. At least they're playing adults, you know, and they are adults. Euphoria, on the other hand, those are kids. They're adults playing kids, and we see everything of these fucking kids. It would be one thing if it were the adults playing adults, but it's the adults playing kids that we're seeing their tits, like a whole bunch of shit, their dicks, everything. Like, that's not, that's wrong. For context, Kezia has yet to see season two of Euphoria. Why do you keep fucking you're like oh yeah this is remind i don't want to know that's why i'm not watching it you have no idea like if you think this way about euphoria now like bruh <laughs> i don't understand it i really don't understand because the first season wasn't like that and i have nothing against nudity in films i just think that the way it's in that series as they're literal kids why do we Want to see adults playing kids nude? Yeah, I mean, to take it back to Anne Hathaway, you know, I was really shocked to see her because I, I was like, just made me start to think about like, you don't realize how many like big actors, especially like women actors, like have their breakout role be like something where they've been nude in it. Like, I don't I, think that was her breakout role. I don't think it was, but I'm just thinking, like, I just didn't think she ever did a nude scene. So I was, like, really shocked to see that she did. And to me, I don't know if it was really necessary for that scene after, like, watching it. I was like, damn. So, I don't know. And I'm just thinking, like... It does bring up the, the question, is nudity ever necessary in film? Because it got me thinking, because a lot of people have been talking about the euphoria thing. And some people on TikTok, this is where I get all my information, were like... You 
do you know that like every new scene they have is like you know five twelve hours two days worth of filming so everybody on set is just seeing like if they're having a sex scene whatever like they're seeing naked people like what as a creator as a writer makes you like what in you like you know what I mean like to me that is a little bit perverted to have that many like nude scenes and to be like yeah like let's you know because those people are literally going to be naked on set for that whole time it's like we see it as like one or two you know shots but for them it's like the whole time Mm -hmm. the whole like filming of it is like also a whole other layer of like wow was that necessary I don't think that is necessary. No, it's 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 crazy because it's a lot of. It's not like there's not a lot of scenarios, at least in my eyes. Maybe you think differently or you know differently, where it's like, Emma Stone is an exception. Here we go with Emma Stone. What the fuck? What? <laughs> there's not a lot of scenarios where there's actors. And you can keep that in. Kira, Kira, Kira said she's not gonna in. join the episode with both of us, but here she is. <laughs> Kira gets triggered every time I mention Emma Stone. Here we go. It's worth it. It's gonna have to. We're gonna... Yeah, I feel you. That's not even close to where I was going oh. with this. My thing is, there's a lot of pressure for actors who are starting starting out and trying to, like, I guess, break out. You know, and trying to, like, I don't know, have a career in, in acting. There's a lot of pressure for them. If a new scene comes up in a big show, like, you, what are you gonna do? Like, you have to say yeah. Like, Whereas, like, Emma Stone was the exception because she didn't do, like, a nude scene coming up until, like, she was well-established. And she did that one in The Favorite um, where she was, like, partially nude. But, like, a lot of these people, like, I don't know. Like, I just think about Margot Robbie and I think about um, Selma Hayek. Um, Sydney Sweeney is, like, a huge name right now. And, like, yeah. Like, and she, her blow-up is from Euphoria. And to me, it's, like... <laughs> Yeah, like, the whole thing with that, and everybody's like, oh, Zendaya was, like, so smart. Like, I feel like, if anything, that makes me not like her in a way to not be like, yeah, nobody's having that. Like, if she's such a big voice in it, how is she allowed, like, being like, yeah, that's okay, I don't, I'm not gonna have one, but these, like, these other less established actors are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they have like, to, not that they have to, but they, like, feel like they have to, because, like, yeah, I'm, like, because, yeah, I'm the same way, like, I'm all for, like, if the actor's down and it's like it's all part of the art and it's like that's cool but like it's just like damn like when it's like a breakout like role and just people are starting off it's just like damn it just gives you like such a bad taste in your mouth you're like damn like what do you mean you it just gives me like such a bad taste in my mouth like thinking of like how pressured I can't speak for Sydney Sweeney because I have no idea but like like her whole situation you know like she's people talk about like her they wrote in more nude scenes for her, but she literally has to, like, talk to the, tell the director, like, I don't think it's necessary here. And the director is, like, will say, like, oh, yeah, you're right, and, like, won't have it be a full nude scene. But, like, yeah, like, it's just, like, bro, like, damn. Like, you sound like <laughs> a complete asshole. Oh, let's take a little break and oh. talk about. Oh, say less. This is our little fun little bit. This is our new segment. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is called Favorite Movie Quotes. All right, I have a couple here that I think are just really great. Obviously, there's the, like, you can't, I can't quit you line. There's that one. But. Oh, oh, yeah. I wish I knew how to quit you. (laughs) (laughs) 
My quote is from that scene too, but I'll let you keep your saying. Okay, I only have okay. one though. Oh, okay. I have like three or four. <laughs> Alright, let's see what this one is. Oh yeah, this one is kinda cute. That's more than you've spoken in two weeks. Hell, that's more than I've spoken in a year. Damn. <laughs> he was opening up to him. Uh okay, where were my other quotes? Shit, I wrote a lot down. I could say mine right now while you look for years. We could have had a great laugh together. And now all we have is Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I think this is also from that scene. November? Whatever happened to August? <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a lot of stuff in that scene. For sure. That scene was like the, the peak, though, for sure. Where's my favorite one, though? November? This is terrible, actually, coming from my side. Just saying. <laughs> this is not what they sounded like at all. November? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever happened to August? <laughs> Whatever happened to August? <laughs> Awful. I was practicing it before this too. That's trash. Remember when we were auditioning together for Mary's play and we were doing the British accent? This is what that reminds me of. <laughs> Just very stereotypical British accent. This hardcore British that accent. That was so depressing because I always do a British accent. Okay, wait. You just gotta relax the mouth and just let it. November? Whatever happened to August? God, there's too much, too much twang still. Damn it. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite lines. Um, I'm sick of beans. Too early in the summer to be sick of beans. <laughs> they talk about beans for like 10 minutes straight. It's like, <laughs> so sick of beans. He's like, it's too early to be sick of beans. <laughs> well, I'm sick of them. Well, that was yeah. our quote section, so... This is a very random tangent, which I think we're not going to talk about very much. But um, in a recent interview, Jack Harlow mentioned that his favorite buddy movie was Brokeback Mountain. I saw that. <laughs> you watched that video? <laughs> and I saw that made me more excited to watch it, too. And I was like, wow. Some of the things he says, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jack Harlow is 23, by the way. Anyone around 23? It's time to get your hustle on. I'm, I'm mainly talking about myself. I love that that was the thing that depressed you most. is like him being... Oh There's people that are gosh. so much younger, though. Yeah, but I don't count them because, like, they... Like, yeah, the people that are going to be, like, extremely young. They don't come from where we come from. They don't come from Kentucky. They don't come from the streets like me and Jack. Like, damn. <laughs> I literally thought this man was 27, 28. Bruh. 20- Insert the photo that I gave you. I'll send you that. Bro, no, like, this man right that. here? <laughs> you told me before this Heath Ledger is one of your favorites. And how come? I have a lot of actors that are my favorites, but I have a particular soft spot for Heath Ledger because... He's <laughs> <laughs> crying for Heath Ledger. There's a dog whining outside. Yeah, um, he's just like... Yeah, I think especially this movie, really any movie that you watch him in, he does bring a very, like prominent presence to the film and he doesn't have to say or really do a lot like he just he has like this quality about him to be able to like emote these things without needing to do the most I don't know so I think that's like a really I think he's like one of the only actors that I've ever really noticed that in and it's like somebody you really like no matter who the character is like you see all the fanboys for like the Joker you know like this character you feel a lot for 
like even in like 10 things I hate about you where it's like a rom-com like he just brings like this presence that it's like I don't know I don't even know how to describe it but it's something different that I don't think I've really seen in other actors in the sense that like what 10 things I hate about you what I haven't seen that that's a good rom-com, right? It is a rom-com, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, yeah, you're good. I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, no, I feel you. He's, after what, like, watching... Oh, what I, <laughs> I, guess, I guess what I was trying to say is that he has, like, a certain confidence in the way that he's able... Like, he has enough confidence in his, like, ability to emote things that he's not doing the most. Where you sometimes you see with other actors that they overcompensate in different ways to, like bring that to the screen yeah no it's like extremely he's like extremely hardcore like he's what i feel like i've had teachers say to try to like i guess like act like as a technique like very internal and i think it really works for heath ledger i don't know if it would work for like everybody but he has this like kind of like power on screen that's like very like it draws you in and you could just like you feel like he has such a big backstory in his life like he's gone through so much just by like seeing him on screen like i don't know how to explain it he just has an aura wild but way different than like i hate i hate to keep bringing back the joker but like wow like <laughs> like wow it's really amazing to think like his performance in this that's the same dude that played the joker like damn. <laughs> yeah, he's, he was a very good actor. And I was very, I was paying like really close attention to him, but like he's always doing something like in the scene, like to me. And like there's a part where like it started hailing, you know, and he's like catching the hail in his hat. Like, and it's like why, you know? It's just it's just something that he did, which was like cool. And it's like it just like added like a mystery to it. It's like what the fuck? What is he doing? Oh, he's catching hail. And the scene ends, and it's like oh wow. And then like. He's messing with, like, the wood, and it's, like, throwing the wood, and it's just, like, yeah, there's no, like, dull moment. And I think I think he's very aware of that, too, along with, like, his stature and aura. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just, like, really riveting to watch. <laughs> Actually, A Knight's Tale could also be considered a rom-com. Don't know if you've seen that. Is he in that also? It's fucking hilarious, though. I Is it satire, like, A Knight's Tale, like... You've seen A Knight's Tale? Maybe. Is it, is it satire there's a huge new scene in there with Paul Bettany. Mmm, Paul Bettany. <laughs> yeah, Paul Bettany plays Vision. Um, oh, Wanda shit. Wanda in Vision's fame. Oh, shit. Okay. Nice. You know who who I was excited to see? Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. You know who I was excited to see in this movie? No. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal took my scarf. I don't know what that reference is. Oh, brother. Uh, no, I knew Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be in this. We could talk about that reference later. <laughs> um, the, the girl who played Velma in the school. Linda Cardellini? Yeah, Linda Cardellini. She has a cool name. She, like, it's crazy. That's another one of my targets. Like, you, you watch these movies that are, like, relatively big that I haven't seen. And you see actors in them. That are like, oh snap! Like you, you never seen them in anything else, and you know they've been acting and have a career in acting. You just never see them in anything else, and then they pop in like in random movies that you wouldn't expect. Did you recognize David Harbour? No. 
Um, um, I'm gonna look him up. Stranger Things. Um, I have you seen Stranger Things? I've actually seen a lot. You have. I really have, I guess. Um, but Linda is in Freaks and Geeks. Did you have you seen that? Mm, no, I don't think so. That's also really good. Have you seen the Scooby Doo Monsters Unleashed live action? No, but I've seen enough clips of it. I think I've seen that film. Damn, beautiful movie. She was in that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was wild to see her. When I saw her, I was like, and you were like, oh, and I was like, okay, I think he's probably thinking about the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> I don't know what you see her Smooth from, brain I, shit. Huh? Was like, it's like, it's nothing more elaborate than, it's the Scooby-Doo movie for sure. Like, yeah. don't even, <laughs> don't even, like, there's nothing like, else you could have seen her in. I was like, but she knows her. We're going to wrap out a little bit and just talk about what we learned about what we learned about <laughs> from Brookback Mountain. <laughs> what we learned from Brookback Mountain. <laughs> Holy fuck. Alright, so it's um, the end of the episode, and we're going to discuss what we... <laughs> Let's just jump right into it. it. I feel like you have to introduce us to the part of it, though. And... So it's... 11 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are going to wrap up the episode by talking about what we learned. And Kezi is gonna go first. Okay, great. Um, what I learned from this, I don't know what I learned from this. Um, I did like watching it again. I think it still is a good film. It definitely holds up. Um, I would like to see a lot more portrayals of gay relationships that do not end tragically. You know. I feel you. I guess for me, what I learned, a big takeaway I had, I guess, in terms of acting, is, I don't know, like, to to just just do something, you know? I feel like I've had very many times where I'm, like, I just, like, don't know what to do with my hands, or I'm just, like, I feel like I should be doing something. Because even times when, like, Heath Ledger didn't look like he was doing something, he'd be like eating or something. Like, I'm just like, just pick something and just and just do it and just see how it, it feels and plays into it. Cause there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, um, a lot of casting directors don't want you to use props in their audition cause they think it's gonna take away. But like, really, I don't see why. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's my biggest gripe. And honestly, mm, I'm not gonna say <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to start using more props in audition tapes because it's my audition and you can like it or you can not like it, but you're going to see it regardless. <laughs> Pretty, it's, it's ending on an aggressive note because I'm like, you know what, like established actors be doing this. Like, why would you not want to use props? And you, I don't, it makes no sense. But yeah, I'm, I'm not so about the rules. Aggressive. I'm not about the rules no more. So Calm down. Calm I'm so down. angry. <laughs> so, Wait, are you, is that the only thing you've learned? Like the actor side of it? Or do you have anything else you've learned? That's the main thing I paid attention to for sure. Many we did not talk about. But, yeah, you know, but, it's late night, so but we talked about the important stuff. Huh? <laughs> what are we rating it? Am I going first? Sure. I already have my rating. 8.5. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. You like my little point five in there? No. 
don't get the point five. Why do you rate it eight point five? It's like a little more than an eight. Yeah. It's like eight point five. <laughs> Why is it an eight point five? Um. Yeah, I just thought it was like really touching. I. Why is it not a ten? Why is it not a ten? I don't know. Once we start getting to the nine and ten range, like it's kind of like it almost goes into like a feeling, like an inexplainable feeling. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm getting way too deep with it, but like it's like not. It just hasn't. It didn't hit that threshold for me. But I could see it's like a really painful movie, and I could see how it would like resonate with a lot of people. And I mean, it touched me, but yeah, it just didn't hit that marker. I guess. I would give it an eight out of ten, and not a perfect ten, because I feel like the way they portrayed, like I brought up from the beginning, like the way they portrayed some of the love scenes between Ennis and Jack were not through the right lens. And I think that was honestly like one of the downfalls of the movie. Because if they were going to portray them in that lens, they should have also done something similar for like their relationships for their wives. And obviously it's more complicated than that, but it's also a movie. So This has been... You haven't seen... We can talk about our next thing though the next film we're doing oh true okay and i forgot to mention so there's i'll bring up three options for you to pick from and or you and you can give me like your top and then we'll decide okay <laughs> it doesn't have to be one of mine but think about this all right so mm. valentine's day i feel like we have a lot to talk about not a great movie but whatever there is also she's referencing a movie by the way valentine's day the movie yeah we might not leave this me talking about them all um there's also there's 10 things i hate about you there's also just friends both of those are definitely rom-coms i do like them both or there is a 1800 period drama called emma and it's actually very good and it's like the 2020 emma and i really enjoy it and honestly it's really fucking good sick so and what are yours all right i got some romantic ones coming in um (laughs) Spongebob Squarepants, top five most iconic episodes. We have Rush Hour is on that list. But actual romance ones, what are they? The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And Crazy Stupid Love. You can't spell romance without Emma Stone, I guess. Yeah, no. The most romantic actor <laughs> out right now. Literally, if we're talking about romance, it's The Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Crazy Stupid Love from my end. Okay. Which of my films would you pick? And which of your films would I pick? I would pick The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because I want to see Dane at home. Mm-hmm. I would pick 10 Things I Hate About You. You said that, right? <laughs> I'm not just pulling that out. I'm just, yes, like, putting that in your mouth. <laughs> but I didn't watch Emma. I could tell. You were really pitching that one. I could tell. Okay, well, maybe we should do one of your movies since I've done two in a row. <laughs> I think it's about time we watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Every movie we watch with Eric will be an Amazing Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Just knocking off the Spider-Man. Yeah, there's only two of those ones though, right? For now. <laughs> Hashtag TASM3. That would be tragic if they made a third and Emma Stone was also in it. Yeah. In the sense that, like, yeah. It'd be weird. Yeah, I don't think it would hit as hard. Yeah. I don't think she would do it either. 
There's lots of them doing it. Oh. Well, I'm excited for it regardless. Thank you guys for listening in again. Did we pick a movie? <laughs> oh, I thought we were doing your movie. Oh, we are. We are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Tune in next week. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Too fucking late. And... Great. Thank you guys for listening or watching. And we'll see you next week. Bye.